What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Party in the house. All right. Just my house. Because it's me. If I were to have a theme music, that would just be my theme music. You know, as you say, like, oh, you know, what would be your theme music? Just walking around. That would be mine all the time. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants herself, the most professional podcaster, and, well, most importantly, the queen of soft style, your host, Miranda Morales. And I am so excited to be with you on this week's episode. Of course, you know what happened last week, WrestleMania. So, of course, we're going to be talking about that this week. So don't you worry. We will get there. But, you know, hey, before we get there, I mean, if you're listening to this, you may be listening to this at maybe through thechairshot.com. Yeah. Oh, you want, you want, you want the, okay. Thechairshot.com. I see what you're Always right. use you your head. How can I work under these Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Like how how is that happening? It's a good question. I don't even know. Like like I should have known. Didn't didn't gone. All right, man. Well, all right. So yes, I'm Miranda Morales. I'm here with my co-host, the kingpin of thechairshot.com, the unstoppable one, Greg Demarco. Sup? Hi. Oh, so now you don't want to talk. No, <laughs> just want to push buttons. Just want to push buttons. Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? Well, every time I see thechairshot.com, like now I'm worried. Like I don't know if I'm gonna get a soundbite. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You happy now? I mean, yeah, it helps like reinstate that I don't have this unrational fear of you, you know, using buttons on me every time I say thechairshot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. 
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. If I had a third one, I would play it, but I don't, so I can't. And I won't. Good. Thank you. Because we do have a show to actually record. I don't know if you know this. We, we'll oh, yeah. And, and as you said, we're going to talk about WrestleMania, of course, put on this weekend by the E! WWE. I, okay, I didn't know Mark the counter down. like actually went on this show as well. Of course. Well, hey, you got to count. That's All my right. rule. Because I don't have the time or the energy to count on my show. Count. I'll count and then I'll show. give you the number so you can add it to okay. the other count. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who may be wondering why we're counting E's, uh, listen to this week's Babyface Heel podcast and you'll know why we are counting them. I will be counting them apparently for the Babyface Heel podcast. Greg will be counting them for the Hashtag Miranda show. And when a time sees fit, we will tally all the E's and I don't know, throw a parade. Um, Ooh, an E parade. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with them. Something. Something fun. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, you may be listening to this online uh, at the website I've been mentioning. Uh, com. An alarm's an alarm. I got to do it. Yes, yes. Or you may be listening uh, through your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbay. And if you are, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. That way you get notifications every time a new episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show drops. You can leave a five-star rating and a review. If you are watching this, thank you very much. You may be watching this through the Chair Shots YouTube page, and you can see these lovely faces. Whose YouTube page is that? Who whose YouTube page? That's thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Carry on. While you are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and follow us on social media. Me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Facebook and Instagram. No Twitter. That's why I am the Twitterless heroine, not on Twitter. But you can follow the Chair Shots Twitter at ShareShot Media and uh, on social media, of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at ShareShot Media. You can follow us there. And Greg DeMarco, of course, at ShareShot Greg, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You see three very different sides of Greg DeMarco yeah, on you do. all those forms of, of social media. So. You do. Same, same here. Actually, on my Instagram and Facebook, uh, are fairly different content. So make which sure it should you be. That's how it should both. be. Yes, yes. Follow. Make sure you follow on both. Before we get into this week's topic, I want to give uh, an update to our listeners about Impact Zone Wrestling (IZW). Ooh, can we please? Yes, because we hit a very important milestone just a few days ago. Really, Saturday. Right? WrestleMania Saturday. Saturday. WrestleMania Saturday, a big milestone for IZW. We are officially sold out for IZW Presents Regulate on Saturday, May 15th. So that means no more tickets are available. That is true. Sold out on uh, WrestleMania Saturday. And when you factor in um, the dates of the show and everything else, we sold out the last one a month beforehand. To the day. We sold it out on January 28th for an event that took place on February 27th. This one sold out 
a little over a month beforehand, but the next event is actually 14 days sooner because it's on May 15th. So we actually sold it out 19 days quicker than last time. 19 days quicker than last time. So very excited about that. Very uh, just, just, just taken aback by the support that everybody gives to IZW. So anybody who bought a ticket, who shared a post, who did anything, thank you. Um, just because the, the, the show is sold out doesn't mean we don't stop working. We are going to put together and have been putting together and are ready for the best possible show that we can give you on May 15th to get you ready for the one in August. So, um, come on out, have a great time. You know, hopefully you can bring some friends. If not, uh, the ticket's already gone. So unfortunately we can't really do that anyway, but, uh, I'm super excited about it and, and just stoked that, we continue to see this level of success month in and month out, uh, or quarter in and quarter out, I guess, since they're quarterly events, but sold out. And I can't thank everybody enough uh, from from every single fan who buys a ticket to all the talent, all the staff, people who do things behind the scenes that you don't even know about, like Miranda Morales. Uh, and, and that's all contributes towards the fact that this sucker sold out quicker than the last one. So keep it coming. We're going to keep doing it as long as people keep coming. So thank you guys. And I can't wait to, to show you what we got. Yeah. A big thank you to everyone who purchased tickets and heeded our warnings. I mean, we don't come here for our health to tell you to buy tickets. We did it as a courtesy to you because we knew it was going to sell, sell out. We just knew. Um, if anything, the past three shows have indicated pretty much all the shows, but at least the past three shows have indicated that we were going to have a sellout before the day of the event. Yeah. So it's, it keeps on happening a little sooner and a little sooner. So that's why we come, you know, as much as we can to not only advocate for IZW and a lot of independent wrestling promotions, but for anyone who's listening, who's in the area and really just kind of give you that little push you need to purchase tickets, to not wait. I know a lot of independent wrestling fans are so used to buying tickets at the door and making those kind of game day decisions. However, with IZW being as popular as it is, and like Greg mentioned, only runs four times a year, you're not going to be able to see that at IZW. Now, I mean, it's very possible for the next show that, you know, a ticket sell out a month in advance. Um, it, it's or very, more. very possible. Yeah, or you more. never know. I mean, we're more than a month out now. And, and it's just, it's just crazy. It's funny because November of last year for NAV 30, I was excited when we sold out a VIP three weeks beforehand. And then two weeks later, we sold out all the regular tickets and I was just dumbfounded in Florida. I was excited when Monster 2020 sold that out the door. I mean, you remember, like I didn't expect it and, 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 you know, and, and you were there and you saw what it was like. Now it just keeps on getting more and more. It's like two years from now are we going to be selling out the next show before the first show takes place i don't know chicken or the egg at that point i have no idea and i just yeah like i said you guys keep coming we're gonna keep doing it so keep them coming yeah a big big thank you and don't forget to follow izw on social media greg let our listeners know where they can follow izw that is at izw wrestling az for arizona's izw wrestling with a w izw wrestling az on all of your forms of social media we post everything on all three of them we have ticket links that are out there as well videos all the different highlights it's all out there for you to follow along and see what's going on izw we are a live event company so so we are everything we do is geared towards the events themselves Uh, are we working on some content we can put out yes but it it is still all geared towards the experience you have in the building. That's what we are. That's what we do. And and we can't wait to do that. But IZW Wrestling AZ 
is the best place to follow along on all of your forms of social media. Yeah, that way you can get talent announcements, who's going to be there, match announcements. Uh, Of course, you can get some of the videos that Greg is talking about. Those get posted on there specifically on Facebook. Um, So make sure that you are following IZW on social media. Um, And again, you know, if you are not in Arizona, don't forget to follow and support your local independent wrestling promotions. Follow them on social media, buy their merchandise, help spread the word to friends and family members if they are running and you feel comfortable going to their events buy a ticket go and watch being a part and watching independent wrestling promotion especially you know in your home city nothing but an amazing feeling and i mean imagine the thousands and thousands of people who went to wrestlemania and got to watch wrestling for the very first time and the reactions of all of the WWE superstars who got to wrestle in front of fans for the first time in over a year. That's the same feeling you get at an independent wrestling show because many people haven't been able to wrestle for quite some time. Um, So when you do that and you support independent wrestling promotion, you are contributing to, you know, the success of not only local promotions, but also seeing future stars you know the people that are wrestling right in front of you could be working for a major promotion sometime in the future and you can say that you saw them win so uh, not only for izw but for all independent wrestling promotions make sure you go ahead and support your independent wrestling promotions any way that you can well and another way to do that greg before i get to it go ahead and wind it up do it it's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot where you can get your very own chair shot and IZW t shirts there. At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find over 25 different t shirt designs all available for you. You can get them in different sizes and colors, and of course, yes, styles. And if you shop starting April 14th through April 17th, if you use the promo code SPRINGFLING, you can get 20% off your entire order, which means if you've always wanted to order a t-shirt in soft style, like the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt, you can do that and still save money. We also have multiple Always Use Your Head t-shirts, a chair shot worldwide, the OG chair shot logo, which looks fabulous. And of course, multiple IZW t-shirts, all that you can order at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. So go ahead, do yourself a favor, treat yourself and go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up your chair shot and IZW t-shirt today. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Wildcard, bitches! Yes, I love that, love that. So the first topic for tonight is WrestleMania-related, but not in the way that you quite think. So, interesting programming note NXT has now moved from Thursdays to Tuesdays, which means that now this uh, show will be recorded on the same day as NXT. So this thought 
crossed my mind actually earlier tonight. And I wanted to do a comparison between the Raw after WrestleMania and the NXT after TakeOver. This is the first time that we're having Raw and NXT on back-to-back nights. For some fans, y'all are exhausted because all of last week you had wrestling content Monday through Sunday. Now we're starting back the week Monday and Tuesday with WWE wrestling-related content. And uh, I mentioned it before, the Raw after WrestleMania has been one of my favorite nights of the entire year. Um, In a live setting, it was always great to see fans there, so passionate. Yes, the fans would hijack the show, but it is the one night of the year where they could do that. And really, the WWE couldn't do anything about it. So I always relate it a little bit to Wrestling Christmas. And so, of course, I was excited to watch the Raw after WrestleMania, um, but I also saw a bit of the NXT after TakeOver, and I wanted to do this comparison now to see, you know, which had maybe the better uh, show coming out of their big events And really, I mean, at this point, when you do have that Raw after WrestleMania, I think you've mentioned it, Greg, and and several people have mentioned it, too, about this being kind of the restart of the wrestling year. Even though wrestling is 365, 24-7, the Raw after WrestleMania is literally always that next chapter happening for, you know, if not the full year, at least the, you know, the next few months to come. Um, and so we'll talk about that. Great. I know that uh, with this formatting change, how is that impacting your ability to watch NXT? Uh, it, it just, I can't watch it before we record and, and stuff like that. Like I go from work to, to the gym, to the shower. Cause you know, you have to do that right. It's hygiene. And then I hit this. And so, yeah, no, no NXT for me just yet. Um, I do a lot of production after these shows are over and actually it's a great time for me to watch NXT. So I'm kind of excited about that. So I will get to see it. Um, sometimes I watch it later on Wednesday. Sometimes I don't even get to watch it until Thursday normally. So with the move from Wednesday to Tuesday, I think it'll help me out greatly. I want to go back to something you said. Um, Cause the raw after mania has kind of stopped being the restart Mm-hmm. And started being the next chapter. Like you said, I think you said it very well. It really is more of the next chapter. I mean, gone are the days of like the super shocking surprise. And and here are the days of more what's next. I have been saying since back when we were talking about this stuff on message boards, before we were even doing it on Facebook and, and at thechairshot.com, backlash should have been called WrestleMania backlash a long time ago. They used to, the, the, the road tour after WrestleMania used to be called the WrestleMania Revenge Tour. Yeah. And it made sense that why not call it WrestleMania Revenge or WrestleMania Backlash? I want it to be WrestleMania Revenge, and they came up with Backlash, so they call it WrestleMania Backlash. Here we are in 2021. It's finally called WrestleMania Backlash. When they said it, I was like, like, like I know they listened, but they, they listened that long ago and kept like, like I probably can't take credit for this one. But no, I can't. think that WrestleMania Backlash. It's it's and backlash has always kind of been a little bit of a rehash, or when it was extreme rules, or when it was money in the bank right after WrestleMania, there's always kind of been some of that rematch factor to it. So it is really hard to go full on reset, but definitely next chapter, I think, is what we can expect from Raw after Mania. Don't forget, we still have SmackDown on Friday, which is their follow up to WrestleMania. So you're gonna get some some stuff there too. Yeah. And when you think about the Raw after WrestleMania, you bring up a good point about its evolution. Back in the day, it was, you know, big returns, big debuts, big storyline angles that maybe were, you know, 
uh, started. Um, and it has changed now where it's, you know, sometimes a continuance of a storyline um, or now in this case, an NXT call up that happens. So it has changed. Uh, but what I'm going to do one, sorry, Greg, this is going to have spoilers for NXT. Um, I, I read them. So I know what happened. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. But what I want to do is kind of just do a comparison. And this will be kind of in random order because not a lot of the, none of the same things that happened on Raw happened on uh, NXT. But, you know, just kind of a comparison of an event that happened on Raw compared to an event that happened on NXT and kind of our thoughts on how is that changing the dynamic of, you know, each of the shows? Was it a big deal? Was it not a big deal? Um, and, and again, I just want to do this comparison because as you'll kind of get a sense towards the end, you'll get an idea of my thoughts of both shows. So for Raw, the kind of first big event that happened, um, of the night on Raw was the Viking Raiders returned, uh, to Raw and faced Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin winning and seemingly coming back to reestablish themselves um, in the tag team division. This was something that was a surprise, but in kind of the grand scheme of things, not a huge monumental surprise of them. They've, they've been missing for quite some time. We haven't really seen them since that whole feud. Oh, my nose is cute. Ah, allergies. Live, live, um, live TV, live podcasting. Live, live podcasting. Um, since that whole uh, program they had with the Street Profits and kind of that once that happened, we, we didn't really see them again. Um, I think it was a surprise to have them win against Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. I think for some fans, that's even almost rubbing salt in the wound for them because there's still, you know, some and we'll talk about that in a second about, you know, the breakup of um, the Hurt Business. But you know, it does seem like Raw is looking to reassemble and kind of shift around the tag division now that you have new tag team champions in AJ Styles and Omos. What are your thoughts on the the Viking Raiders returning? I mean, when that's the big surprise, there are no big surprises. Like, that's kind of what I look at. And some of that is the fact that we're no longer calling up tons of talent from NXT because NXT has a TV show to put on two hours every week. Um, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly is obviously not done yet based on what happened on NXT. So it's just different now. I mean, Charlotte Flair returns, right? That's not a big, huge deal because we kind of all expected it when she wasn't at Mania. Um, but the Viking Raiders, okay. I mean, it's just an right. in, like like Ivar was hurt. Eric was running around chasing the 24-7 champion around, and, and that was basically it. Like, and and... Yeah, I mean, going back to, you know, they were doing funny matches with the Street Profits. Like, that's when we last saw them. So, I, it's kind of a, a whatever situation for yeah. me. Like, it's not all that exciting. Um, it's like a but, meh. Like meh. Because okay. Raw After Mania was really just a continua- continuation. Yeah. It's like meh. Meh. In NXT, I'm kind of going a little bit out of order. Uh, it's okay. So that's okay. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's your show. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, out of order as far as what coming up next. Um, on NXT, Santos Escobar uh, put an open challenge out. Uh, what was that for? It was supposed to be like it, it played too soon. Like you were talking about the open challenge, and oh. you probably would have said like, "And guess who responded?" Not have been like. 
I didn't say who responded yet. So. I know. I was waiting. And then sometimes you set it up on the on the soundbite and it does it. And then sometimes you set it up on the soundbite and it plays it. So It went too soon. Okay. It too went soon. too soon. So Santos Escobar became the unified undisputed cruiserweight champion and NXT stand and deliver last week and put out an open challenge that he would face anyone on the NXT roster. And you know who accepted that challenge. That's what was supposed to happen. Yes. It was none other than Kushida. Um, and the big surprise with this is that Kushida actually won and became the new cruiserweight champion. So we had a big title change with Santos really going through hell in a ladder match to become the undisputed uh, cruiserweight champion and winning that belt uh, about a, over a year ago. Yeah. Um, when it was vacated, it's that whole Drake Maverick storyline, like it was huge. Yeah, the whole yeah, exactly. Um, and that was really too right after they did a bunch of the releases. Um, yeah. Right. And he wasn't even Santos Escobar. Yeah. He was still evil in Fantasma. Um, I was going to say it, but I'm so glad you said it because. Yes. I would have been like El Hijo del Fantasma. And of course you said what you said. So Yes. So a big title change happening in the cruiserweight division. Uh one again that just came out of an open challenge and two came after a lengthy title reign and Santos defending this title um in a pretty crazy ladder match. So, I mean, I think it's a great turn for the cruiserweight division. It does leave a lot of questions open because we also then saw Jordan Devlin uh, go to um, Winlin Regal's office pretty much asking for a title opportunity, which Kushida replied anytime. So we are seeing some pages turn in the cruiserweight division, but it also leaves us wondering, you know, what does that mean with Santos? Is he going to be involved in this? Are we going to get a three-way or is he going to be kind of completely out of the cruiserweight division for now, but your thoughts on on how you know really what does this mean for the cruiserweight division with this title change? What's interesting to me about this title change is how fast it happened. Like, yeah. I think it, I would have preferred to you know pl- the whole playlist mentality, right? He answers the open challenge. You got the other members of Legado del Fantasma that cause him to lose. We build towards a takeover match or something like that. So are they are they moving? Are they going to Raw or SmackDown? Who knows? And and that's. Scary if they do, because it's always right. scary if they do when they go up to the main roster. But it just seemed really fast. And I, it seemed very raw or SmackDown to me to have this big, giant payoff at TakeOver. And then, poof, you lose your title the very next show. Yeah. Like, he wins the ladder match. To me, it's like, now you're reestablished as the guy. Let's go. And then you lose it the very next yeah. time. I mean, that was a big surprise, honestly. I thought yeah. maybe this was going to be a series of open challenges that would be coming yeah, out. Or set up like a big debut for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. So this title change happening so quickly after TakeOver was a big surprise, a, a, a fairly big shock. Um, it does leave a lot of questions as to what it means for the Cruiserweight division, but that was that. It feels like more of a move you would see on Raw and SmackDown than NXT. So that already, to me, is showing, you know, my thoughts on the differences between these two shows this week. I want to jump back to Monday Night Raw because this was something that we anticipated. We actually kind of predicted last week 
um, I believe on this show and on the Baby Face Heel podcast, the return of Charlotte Flair. Um, she came out cutting a promo, a fantastic one at that. But I mean, we didn't see her at WrestleMania. We had a WrestleMania with no Charlotte Flair. And I think the majority of fans were fine. Uh, Rhea Ripley and um, Asuka had a fantastic match. Rhea Ripley is the new Raw Women's Champion. Um, and with that, either two, one or two things were going to happen. You, somehow Charlotte was going to be added to the match at WrestleMania, or we knew we were going to see her on the Raw after WrestleMania. Though the latter happened, it still was a very good surprise I think um, the way that she really came out and was pretty honest about, you know, why she wasn't on WrestleMania, all these factors that came about and also almost addressing kind of maybe some of the speculations and rumors about her presence at the company and how she's viewed not only um, with within the company, but specifically the women's division. And it really lit a fire under the women's division as well. Um, later on in the night, we did see, Asuka and Rhea Ripley in a rematch, which came out to a no contest because Charlotte Flair got involved. But this was a very, to me, I loved this version of Charlotte coming out. Whatever this Charlotte is, I want more of it. I think it's a blend of some of, you know, the, the work that she's done always being Charlotte Flair being you know, not even now the daughter of Ric Flair. She is, you know, Ric Flair is Charlotte Flair's dad, um, but also building upon, you know, her years of experience now being the cornerstone of the women's division and not looking for the opportunity, being the opportunity. I love that. I love that. So this too was a well thought out, well-planned return on the Raw after WrestleMania. I agree. It was, was a great way to bring her back. It's pretty obvious where we're headed for WrestleMania backlash with the triple threat match. Um, like I said on the Babyface Heel podcast, we didn't need Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. And I'm the guy who said we did. And we didn't in the end. And I think it was okay without her. And maybe better without her? I don't know. Because I don't... Inserting her wouldn't have helped anything that happened. So I think it worked out for the best. And then she returns on the roster, many, which I think everybody kind of expected. And yeah, she cut one of the best promos of her entire career. And and it's it's funny because she may not even be in her prime yet, but yet she's like a 13-time women's champion. So it's crazy when you rush, you know, when, when you when you rush somebody so much because you want to build up a number. We probably haven't even seen her best worker. Maybe we're now going into that. I don't know. Um, I think it's the right time for her to come back. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see where we go and what we do. And and it's better with Charlotte Flair most of the time. Wouldn't have been yeah. at WrestleMania. Yeah. At this point, no. And But I think this is also an example of a restart, but also a page turner. We're coming into, you know, this restart almost of Charlotte and, you know, maybe how she's you know, coming in, in into the ring and her presence and even her attitude and persona, but it's still turning the page on a long story between yeah. her and Rhea and her and Asuka. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's a it's a mix of both. But this, to me, was one of the, the better highlights of the Raw after WrestleMania. Jumping back to NXT, when someone leaves or someone comes, you got another person leaving. And this is uh, Roderick Strong. Resigning, putting in his notice in NXT, he's leaving. It makes sense now that the Undisputed Era is no more. You know, I think he there wasn't, you know, for him maybe a right answer in this whole story with um, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and, and 
Adam Cole. And so he put in his resignation, which is pretty big. I mean, he's been with NXT for several years now. And it does also, even though we saw Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole leave the, you know, beat the daylights out of each other, it also is another nail in the coffin of the end of the Undisputed Era. That means we're going to see him soon. I feel like because of the way that they presented this, we'll probably see him on SmackDown. I have a feeling that they're going to try and capitalize this and, and do this the same week. But he could end up on Raw. The the big thing is this is also another an, an interesting way for a call up to happen where someone kind of puts in their their notice. Um, so I'm I'm interested in, in your thoughts, especially as someone who you know uh, was pretty a big fan of the Undisputed Era. Um, of course, Roderick Strong, and now with this big unknown of where he goes to next. So my fear is that he goes to Two Hundred Five Live. Don't say that. Because, Don't you put that evil on me. Because it's like he was at his best in the Undisputed Era, and now they're not there. And he's going if he goes to Raw or SmackDown. I mean, he's Drew Gulak. Like he's, you know, he might get a feud with Daniel Bryan just because Daniel Bryan wants it, and 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 that could be, you know, and, and some great matches with Cesaro, but he's going to be in the losing end. That's where it's going to head, and I just don't think it's going to work. Um, you know, maybe if Marina Shafir goes with him and she's his manager and they completely change up his character, which is something he's never really done in his entire career, that could be a possibility. William Regal did say he's welcome back whenever he wants. Yeah. So that door is still open. So maybe that happens in the future because I, it just scares me. As a big Roderick Strong fan and have been since the days in Ring of Honor, when I first started watching that product, I'm I'm a little worried about where it goes because he benefited so much from the Undisputed Era. Yeah, he really, really did. And as we noticed, not very many people who move from NXT to Raw or SmackDown have the most successful uh, periods in their career there. And and it, again, I mean, success is defined in many different ways, but we don't see them on TV as much. They're not in very strong programs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's inconsistent booking. You know, it's a very different style of television and presenting a product on NXT than it is on Raw or SmackDown. And so there's people who just get lost in the shuffle. And it's, it, it could be very very possible for him to get lost in the shuffle because of yep. that. You know, his best work was within in a dynamic and he was able to, of course, be a, an amazing, fantastic wrestler, but not a whole lot of personality behind it. And when you get to that level of Raw or SmackDown, you need that personality because that's what they gravitate to on TV. So um, a very interesting way uh, to depart mm-hmm. from NXT, a very unique way. Um, but again, it's also re-solidifying. It's a new age in NXT. And when you have new, sometimes you get rid of the old. Now, mm-hmm. the final one I wanted to bring up was the end of Raw. And that's when you had uh, Drew McIntyre, you know, cut a, a promo about his match with Bobby Lashley and wanting to face him again. And then you had uh, Mace and T-Bar, formerly from Retribution, come out and attack him. Seemingly, possibly, as a way of some kind of either alliance or paid relationship with uh, not even the Hurt Business anymore, because they don't exist, maybe MVP directly. But uh, a surprise, but not, to me, not in... I don't want to even say the the best way, just something that right now doesn't make a, a lot of sense because we're left with questions. Um, 
but it's it's you're wondering why why Mason and and T Bar what does that mean if they have this alliance with uh, MVP when you just broke up the hurt business that could have been the same people to attack and on and then just lost a match to the returning you know Viking Raiders earlier that night it leaves a lot of questions and not in the best way also Mason T Bar just didn't have the best. Uh, dynamic and reputation with retribution. That was such a failed angle. And so I think fans don't have a lot of confidence in them in anything else because, you know, first impressions matter. And the fact that their first impression was that terrible and it doesn't seem like they're deviating from those characters at all that they were in retribution. Now somehow aligning themselves with MVP is, is just messy. To me, like that's the word that comes to mind is messy. And it's it's not something to me that not only doesn't make sense, but is if they don't explain this thoroughly, is almost a slap to the face of, of the um of the hurt business. So it is messy. And I think, okay, I hope the story is in cleaning it up because I, I think back to 1990. I had to look it up while you were talking because I don't remember the year. 1990, when there was a tag team in WCW that everybody loved called Doom. Doom was Ron Simmons and Bush Reed, and Doom was two randomly masked wrestlers. By the time it happened, everybody figured out who they were. And they were managed by a woman, and then they eventually got managed by Teddy Long. And when they became unmasked by the Steiner brothers and got with Teddy Long, that's when they really took off and became a force to reckon with. I could see part of MVP's growth and development with Mason T-Bar being them losing their masks and becoming Please. either becoming can who can they we are. Can name them too? Like, can we just, just do a, just a scrub? Scrub, scrub, scrub. Possibly, scrub, yeah. Scrub. You could you give them their names back. Because Mason T-Bar don't really make sense within the Hurt Business unless they're just goons and henchmen. And... And then a feud with Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin seems obvious. And there's, there's been some of that with Retribution and, and the Hurt Business before. But to me, it makes perfect sense. And it could really do wonders for these two guys who are crazy talented, especially T-Bar. Like, you know, Dominic Dijakovic, tons of potential, tons so of talent. Good. And has so been seemingly good. wasted in Retribution, but has been doing everything he can with and for that His gimmick. Twitter game too is like ridiculously on yeah. fire too. Like so, for someone who is that dynamic mm-hmm. in the ring, off you know, outside of the ring, like it's a shame to hide him behind a mask this way. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I am buying what you're selling with a complete scrub. And but they gotta do it. Yeah, the beauty of MVP, pretty much MVP saying, I could do this with anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, Cedric Alexander, uh Shelton Benjamin, you weren't special. You know, I could change anyone and make them just as good, if not better, as you. So that is a storyline I'm buying, but I'm not. WWE. They got to do it. They got to do it. They got to do it. And that's where I'm so skeptical. So this is a surprise that wasn't this, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this alliance happening is, oh, dear God, is this happening? And I think that, to me, that's where I get worried. And if they don't pull as to kind of the plan that you have, which is, again, cleaning up the story a bit, yeah. it then leaves kind of just a weird taste in people's Got to lose the masks. Got to lose it. I absolutely agree. Jumping back to NXT, uh, as far as the, the last thing, this is kind of a combination of two things. 
Um, actually, three things, but we'll start with two. Um, one, we had Raquel Gonzalez come out as the new NXT Women's Champion, about to kind of do her speech. We saw that carrying cross earlier in the show as well. Um, but we had a debut of Frankie Monet. Now, this has only been advertised, and so we knew she was going to come, but didn't quite know when. She came out to interrupt uh, the women's champion, um, and you know, looked like we were going to have some uh, some kind of program with them later on. We also then saw the return of new SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair and new Raw Women's Champion Rhea Ripley coming back to NXT to help Raquel celebrate. And they use this picture that's been circulating around the internet of all three of them just about what two years ago. Yeah, um, something like that. Um. And now all of them being champions. And so one, I thought it was an interesting way to bring in a, a debuting uh, talent in Frankie Monet, setting up a possible championship feud and, and getting her in front of those eyes. But two, bring back Bianca and Rhea and showing how far women have grown in NXT from being that champion. Um, it was something I think fairly unexpected. And even though, it kind of, you know, the, the dynamic of face and heel wasn't necessarily present at that moment. It was something that was, I think, very surprising and very reminiscent for NXT fans. So I think that it, this accomplished multiple things. One, it helped establish a new star. Two, it helped establish your current champion. And three, it also helped show the lineage of not only, you know, who the current champion is, but the potential of the future where especially Rhea being a former champion, Bianca, you know, competing for that title, you know, where they can go next. So I felt like within that one segment, a lot of things were established. All, I think, putting the NXT Women's Champion or the Women's Division in a good light. Yes, I agree, first of all. And, and the moment to have all three of them together was perfect, perfect time. We never, who knows how long all three will be holding these championships, right? It's WWE. Yeah. You just never know. It was a perfect moment for NXT, and I love that they did it. <sighs> Last year, when Io Shirai won the NXT Women's Championship in a triple threat match over Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, <sighs> I think it was Rhea Ripley. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. She went into that match as the villain. And the moment she won, suddenly she's the hero. Fast forward to, no, to take over night two or night one. Raquel Gonzalez, who up until the whole build, even in the build, was a villain. Now all of a sudden she's a smiley faced hero. You knew I was going to do this because I sent you a message about it earlier today. And and they do this all like suddenly she's a good guy just because she won a title. Like it just it's just weird to me that all of a sudden winning this title cured all of whatever angst she had that was causing her to be a quote unquote bad guy. And now she's, she's good again or on the good side. Um, and it's going to be fine. And Frankie Monet, I don't think she's long for NXT anyway. I think she's going to make her debut there, do what she needs to do and then end up over on SmackDown uh, or raw with, with the Miz and Morrison and probably Maurice. And it'll be very entertaining. And, and I think it'll be oh, really good. Be so good. I it would be. That. And I think that's what'll happen. I, I really need that. Do. I need that dynamic, that double day dynamic in my yeah. life. And then Dakota Kai is going to turn on Raquel Gonzalez and we're going to get that feud that oh, yeah. I think and at this point, everybody too, wants to see, but you're right. It's, it's a different tone, but why um, it just, it just seems so random. Sometimes you can turn 
and it, you don't really need to be forced. But this one is just almost like there, there's a forced turn, which is way over here. Okay, it's video podcast, right? Forced turn, which is way over here. Then there's like the turn that makes sense, which is right here. Then there's the turn that has literally nothing behind it, which is what I feel like we saw. We, we love and appreciate Raquel Gonzalez for what she did, but that's not a reason to turn her. And No, I feel like that's what built her up to this point was yeah. the fact that she was this monster heel. And now, too, you want to reestablish. Think about who are your baby faces in the women's division. You know, that, that's there's a not a ton right now. I mean, you've got the way they're heels and there's two of them there. You've got Ember and Shotzi. They're kind of tied up. You got the Robert Stone brand. Mercedes Martinez, I mean, she's positioned right now as a babyface, but but really shouldn't be. Raquel Gonzalez uh, makes sense, and I think she's likable enough. But but the moment she went to title, they're they're showing all these smiley pictures of her. Like, it's just so weird. Like, at least give us something, some reason. I think they're waiting on the Dakota Kai turn probably after Frankie Monet gets her shot, and I think that's fine. Um, And I think it'll be a great feud when she turns, to be honest with you. I really do. Like... Like they've been working together, training together. I think it'll be a fantastic feud for both people and might cause us to see Dakota Kai with the NXT Women's Championship, which she deserves as well. It's just, it, it, and it's the kind of the point that we won't remember. Like nine months from now, when they're in the, in the midst of this huge feud, because they could have the women's version of Gargano and Ciampa. Like they really could. And Colin O'Reilly. Yeah. And NXT needs that um, from the women's side. I don't think we'll remember that. Hey, remember when Raquel Gonzalez turned face for no reason whatsoever? Like yeah, that I, I won't don't be remembered. Think so. I mean, there was, I don't even know how this was intended. I know she threatened Frankie Monet's dog, which I am against violence to dogs. Of course you are, so That yes. feels like a very heelish thing for me. But that's what baby faces do. She threatened to stick the dog up Frankie Monet's butt. That's what The Rock would do. Okay, so mm-hmm. she would just shine it up and turn that some bitch sideways first. So that's. Yeah, that's what baby faces do in WWE, especially. Whereas heels just tell the truth. When they turn and Dakota Kai's cutting her promos, we're all going to be like, uh huh, mm hmm, uh huh. Because it'll make sense that Dakota Kai is mad and, and she'll be justified in what she's doing, but that'll make her the heel because that's how wrestling works. It's just weird. That's all I can say. It's just weird. I think it'll work. It's weird today. I think it'll yes. work in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what I wanted to summarize in this is that I felt like NXT had more of the elements of a uh, Raw after WrestleMania show than Raw after WrestleMania. There was changes in debuts. You had, you know, again, it was pre-announced, but we had, you know, a big debut happen in the women's division. You had somebody leave um, in in Roderick Strong. You had a big return of all three, um, you know, now current three women. Get a moment. In a moment, you had a good moment. Yeah. Um, and then you had a big title change with uh, Kushida winning the Cruiserweight Championship compared to what we had on Raw, where I would say one big return, which still was predicted, you still knew, one like meh yeah. return. Uh, a big would, meh is is generous. Yes, yes. I think you it's know, more of a who gives a shit return, but shifting in alliances, mm-hmm. um, and possibly whether it's a new alliance, you know, kind of confusing. But I feel like NXT brought more of the elements of you know what we expect after a big event like WrestleMania on NXT than we got on Monday Night Raw. Now, this is just my formula. Yeah. This is how I understand and know, you know, the Raw after WrestleMania is how I've grown up watching them. And so to me, that was very different, especially 
Now, this could be a few things, too. One, this was the first Tuesday night that mm-hmm. NXT was on. So this also could have done a lot related to, you know, just the big move and wanting to, to grab that viewership. But it also, yeah. I think, too, you know, Raw's in a very interesting position now where, like you said, a lot of these things are now more of a continuance instead of a restart. And sometimes the restart is needed. You still need that. But the way that the program is set up now, we just don't see it as much anymore. And as you mentioned, too, we still have SmackDown that right. happens on Friday. That's where we could still see, you know, some of these other formulaic uh aspects of you know the turning the page after wrestlemania or a new season however you want to describe it we may see that on smackdown but yeah what also on raw you got to think overwhelmed by raw there's no no sheamus he won the united states championship no age of thousand almost they won the raw tag team championships but we got new day and and so there's a lot of interesting omissions from raw i think as we set up also you think about neither main event of wrestlemania was a raw match and so you'll probably see the opposite come, you know, WrestleMania backlash. But both matches on SmackDown were main events. I think SmackDown is going to be more of a reset. Raw wasn't really in position for a reset. Outside of Randy Orton and The Fiend, there wasn't a whole lot of resetting for Raw in general to me. So I think that's where you're going to see more of that in SmackDown. Just kind of where both brands are right now, too. We could have a very interesting conversation next week about what happens um, on SmackDown, because that could be completely different than what we see on Raw. Yeah. Well, that is our thoughts on NXT and Raw this week. Uh, Make sure you leave some thoughts in the comments. Let us know what you thought of both Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania and NXT now premiering on Tuesdays, uh, what were your thoughts as far as how both shows represented, you know, these big shifts and changes um, now that uh, TakeOver Stand and Delivers over, now that WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2 or WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday are now over? I'd be very interested in listening to your thoughts. But up next, Greg, we got to pay some bills. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Why not? So you thought we were done talking about WrestleMania. We ain't done talking about WrestleMania. This is like our WrestleMania backlash right here. Quite yet. So to end the show, I wanted to do something. This is kind of like our quick hits. 
Um, something that I've always enjoyed as far as this thing and wanting to kind of pinpoint some little things that maybe we didn't hit on um, on either Chair Shot Radio or uh, the Baby Face Heel podcast. I like to call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, this is actually going to be hard because, I mean, we talked about this on the Baby Face Heel podcast. All of us enjoyed WrestleMania. It was yeah. a really good show. We liked the matches. Uh, you know, the, the two night structure was great. A lot of it was really good. So I think this is going to be a lot harder uh, than say other pay-per-views or other events to pick at, but you know, there's always things that, especially the differences in my opinion and what I like compared to what Greg likes, all of that will be interesting to pinpoint. So let's start off with the good. What were maybe one or two things that you thought were just outstanding? The good. I mean, and and I talked about this before and I truly believe it and I was engrossed in it and really enjoyed it. I would say that Randy Orton versus the fiend was part of the good of WrestleMania 37. Um, I thought it was a perfect opener for the second night. I loved how they told the story. It was completely different than anything else we saw. And to me, it worked. It was that horror movie aspect that you love so much. And, and that's the character the fiend is. And we're going to see what they do next and, and where they go. So I am am on board with that being part of of the good. A um, couple other good items for me, of course. Uh, it's funny because both of these matches were third on the card, and they were both Ring of Honor specials. You had Cesaro beating Seth Rollins, which was just such a well done match. It was all about Cesaro. Everything from it took three times to get the giant swing done, plus the UFO, and and of course winning with the Gotch neutralizer. The same exact position, third match on the card, the second night you had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and Logan Paul was relegated to basically nothing, which is what he should have been done, but still eats a stunner at the end, which, which is exactly how it should go, and, and that one will be seen again in the future. It was only a, like a 12-minute match. Um, they can do a lot more with that in the future, but both of those really struck me as the good as well. Um, and then, of course, I thought both main events, if you're going to be main events and you're going to be called main events, you got to deliver like main events. All five people were main event level competitors, and I really enjoyed both of them. Yeah, I definitely will agree with the main events, especially the women's main event. Um, I mean, we talked about some of the buildup that did and didn't happen, but as far as the history behind it, and really, they both rose to the occasion, you know. Um, and I have to admit, I was very surprised that Bianca Belair won the SmackDown Women's yeah. Championship. Um, I thought that was great. I think another good thing kind of to book in that was the beginning. I was very surprised that Bobby Lashley mm-hmm. Uh, retained um, that to me was a shock. I think we all went into this thinking Drew McIntyre is going to get his WrestleMania moment, hold up the title high. And that's what, you know, uh, it's kind of that payoff for, for winning last year in front of uh, no audience. But I think it's also kind of another right move. The money's in the chase with Drew. And yeah. the more that he's chasing, the more I think fans are going to appreciate that. Bobby Lashley is a great heel with MVP by his side. So why stop now? You know, you can continue this payoff. And we've seen Drew, you know, win the title back and it and it just helps him grow stronger and stronger. I think you've mentioned it, too. When does, you know, solidifying your history as a world champion really matter after you win the championship? Not your first time, your second or third time. Yeah. That's when it really really makes an impact. So, I mean, if anything, it's helped building Drew's legacy. It's helping establish Bobby Lashley as a monster heel on on Raw. And 
it, it's all very, very believable. So those were some things that were really, really good uh, for me. Now, if anything, can you say, what was the bad? I did not like the women's tag team turmoil match. Yes. That to me would be the bad. That yes, that was the yes. bad. Uh, it's funny how fandom and personal preference can really... There were some mess ups during the main event of my of night one. There were some mistakes and, and things that went down, mm-hmm. and things that didn't look as crisp and 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 kind of rookie things by Bianca Belair. But the storyline and the moment all outshined it, and and it should have. But that t- women's tag team turmoil was definitely clunky at times and just odd. And, and and I would say if we were going deep into the good, a surprising good would have been the women's tag team championship match on night two. I thought that was very enjoyable and and I really liked it. This tag team turmoil was just weird and it was weird how it was done with the end. Yeah, uh, and even all. even there was a pretty big announcing error as far as when yes, the right squad got uh, eliminated, um, which me as an M announcer makes me feel a lot better when I mess up. Be like, look, at least they didn't mess up at WrestleMania. True. Uh, but it, it also happens, you know, it, it was a night full of chaos with all the, you know, weather delays and all of that. Um, so I, you know, I felt like that is something too, where I wasn't as thrilled about that match. Um, you know, I think everyone's going to remember it more for Mandy Rose's, uh, trip. I mean, I, I thought of you instantly when she fell, I was like, oh man, that's just, as soon as now that's her, that's become her. Um, and even I played on that. The next night on Raw, of, you know, Nia accidentally slipping on the, the road. Yeah, that was that was that I mean, did. I don't think that landed the way they wanted it to. No, I mean, my whole that was magic. Like, you can't replicate that. No, and they Nia. tried. Like, and they tried, and you just. <laughs> that was just Nia trying to get off something, and it just dumb. It, it just, just didn't. But That's that Nia. match itself was not. Uh, something that you know I ended up really liking. No. Um, I did cor- correctly predict the winners of that. You did. Uh, so you know, kudos to me. Uh, messed up a lot more of the cards, so that's <laughs> no pro perfect record here. No, for nobody. Um, yes. So, and what was the ugly? Was there anything that you're just like, uh, not thrill, like just bad, just like beyond bad, just uh. Um. Yes. There's one. I know what you're going to I want to say. I know what you're going to say. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I thought Matt Riddle looked like he didn't belong at WrestleMania. And Sheamus saved that match on so many levels. And yeah. probably purposely kicked the hell out of him on one of those broke kicks because uh, I just don't think Matt Riddle gets it. I really don't. And... And he's just what he wants to do. I don't think is what they need him to do. And I just there was some mess ups during the WrestleMania card uh, for him and and for their match. And I was just like, Ugh. and and Sheamus pulled it out in the end. And I thought he was able to save it, but there was some ugly there with with Matt Riddle and and Sheamus in their match. And and I to me, I put it on Matt Riddle. I'm not in there. I don't know, yeah. but to me, it seemed like it was Matt Riddle. I thought you were going to say uh, what you talked about on Chairshot Radio. Uh, which was uh, Damian Priest doing his archer move in the middle of the ring. To me, I look more at the overall match. And while that was an ugly moment, 
an ill-advised on Damian Priest's part. And maybe he knows better now because, again, first time he's wrestled on the main roster in front of fans. Um, that match itself is definitely something that would be considered part of the good. And so I can't yeah. – I don't want to just pull out one part of the match when the match itself was spectacular. Yeah. Uh, this was purposely ugly, and I can appreciate this. Going back to the good – being able to see Bailey in her capacity at WrestleMania, it was good to see her. I thought it was pretty funny how she kind of inter- kept interjecting her way into different things. I think her comedy timing has gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this, you know, new version of her character is, uh, is, is pretty funny, you know, and I think for now it's a good place for her to be. Um, but those pirate suits from Titus and, Oh, okay. I know this was purposely ugly. Right. Um, they were ugly. It was I mean, ugly. can we just give? Uh, I don't know if it's some love or just a big giant ass hug to Titus O'Neil. Yeah. I mean, every time they were out there, you could tell. Especially like at one point, Hogan started to call him brother and stopped yes. and called him Titus. Yeah. And then later, he called. You ever seen the picture of of Becky Lynch? at like some signing somewhere and this fan's got her arms around her yeah. and if you zoom real close she's got this like clenched fist that's what i felt like titus had the whole time like you knew I, it was gonna happen i was anticipating like when is he gonna pull the brother out? yeah he pull and he pulls a brother and you saw the look on Titus. if you didn't see it go back and watch their first promo and just look at titus's face when hogan calls him brother Ugly. titus Ugly. wanted to smack the shit out of him and i kind of thought titus might go off script and do it um and people, he would have been the most, he would have been gone from the company, but he would have found yeah, work. Yeah, I mean, he would have gone in a blaze of glory. Like, he would have, and he would have had, had worked for life, day, right? Future endeavor to the next that would have been erased from the history books immediately. But I felt so bad for Titus having to do that. Um, but he just didn't need Hogan at all, and it was dumb. No, and I guess they try to blame it as, oh, they're both from Tampa, they're both from Florida. I was like, no, like, this is literally a mix of two people who... They just didn't need to didn't have together. Sense. I think didn't they still sense. feel like Hogan still draws, you know, uh, after all this time that people will, for some reason, tune into something because Hulk Hogan hosts it. Mm-hmm. That is not the fucking case. It's not the fucking case. He yeah. just hosted 35. Yeah. Well, no, he appeared at 35 with Alexa Bliss, but she was the only host. So, um, yeah, I just. Mm. We just we just don't need Hulk Hogan to host anything anymore. Really. Nah. I'm okay with him showing up. Like, I'm not going to be yeah. like, I never want to see Hogan again. Let him show up. Let him do the backstage stuff. Let him do the ledge. But having his name He's plastered. He's not even a good host. That's also the no. thing. Like, I would understand if he was a very good host. He's not a good host. No. I like the idea of having current talent host. The New Day did a great job at at, uh, at 33. I don't even remember who hosted 34, if anybody hosted 34. Alexa Bliss did a great job at 35. Um I kind of Titus stepped in for Gronk after Gronk ran off and, and did some hosting in 36. And then there was Titus in 37. I don't think you needed, you know, I thought Titus and Bailey would have been much better at hosting oh, yeah, WrestleMania that 37. Way, way more entertaining. And that would have also given an explanation as to why Bailey wasn't right. utilized, you know, like I, I am much more in that train of thought. Um, but yeah, yeah, there was definitely some ugly moments where you can kind of just tell. Oh yeah. Um, Titus wouldn't, it just was Titus wouldn't have it. And then I felt and bad too, because the crowd was so not into Hogan 
that when Titus does his big Tampa Bay pop the crowd moment, they don't react. And then Hogan gets him to say it again. And then they react. It was just like, it's just, it would have been like the good, the bad, the ugly, and the weird. Because it was just <laughs> so off-putting. And so it was just like, why? Why are we doing this? And, and what, in my mind, will go down as one of the best WrestleManias ever. Another good for me. I just want to throw this out there. Because I forgot to mention it during uh, so Babyface Hill podcast. So many goods. That's so good. But this is a different one. Um, normally, WWE has lights everywhere. And the crowd is lit up. But because most of the crowd was cardboard cutouts, at least on the hard camera side, uh, that side that the hard camera was facing, the rest of it was just, you know, a half empty stadium. The the stadium was dark. Yeah. I liked that. I actually liked that look and it felt different because the whole stadium was dark and the color combination they used at WrestleMania wouldn't have looked as good. This is weird stuff I'm getting into, I know. Wouldn't have looked as good with lights all over the crowd like they normally yeah. do. So I really I liked it was the, stage. the dark aspect. Like the stage was so lit up. It was too. awesome, too. It was a great that, stage. That's, yeah, the stage was good. I want to say, though, uh, this is a bad that I forgot about that I remember now. And this is just nitpicky. But why is it that your WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, got no pyro? Especially no when... Pyro. You know, I mean, he has the lightning, and so I get that. When he comes out and he folds his arm and then he points his fingers out, there should be pyro. I tweeted about nothing. that. I was like, that there is exactly nothing. when he should have pyro. Yes. Drew McIntyre got pyro. Oh, well, yeah, pyro. when you push the sword in the ground, you got to have pyro. Like everybody well, yeah, this. but then why don't you have pyro for your champion? Bob should have had pyro. Bob absolutely should have had pyro. pyro. And it should have been when he did the double finger point. That should have yep. caused pyro to shoot yep. off yep. at an angle. And yeah. and it would have been perfect. But I do like Bobby Lash's entrance. I like what they do with the video, yeah. how it fades into the live. Like, it's different than anybody else. And I, and I love that they're doing it. I love that they're committing to Bob Lashley as a star. But, yeah, should have had Pyro. Yeah, Bob deserved Pyro. But, again, if that's what we're nitpicking about, that shows that it is a really, really solid WrestleMania. Um, but don't forget, WWE, Bob deserves Pyro. When he points, he literally tells you when to do it. When he points, do the pyro. Super easy. Super, super Push the button. Easy. Push the pyro button. Pyro. Push the button. That does it for this week's edition of the Hack. Bailey got pyro. Bailey got pyro. So many people got pyro. Like, Bailey wasn't even on the show. Bailey interrupted a promo and got pyro. She asked for it. And Bob didn't get pyro. Bob got to win a match, though. So there's that. Yeah, but that's something MVP should have, like, that should be part of his duties, right? Like, ensure that your champion gets pyro. That, was that should be like a grievance like, oh, that MVP right? has over the next few weeks. That should be part of the build to the to the WrestleMania backlash match. Well, I thought, that's how I thought that Bob wasn't going to win. Because he didn't have pyro? He didn't get pyro. Yeah. He's Kane, Kane got pyro. pyro. Like... Losers don't have pyro. Well, apparently winners don't either. It hurt. Yeah. It hurt. No, I know. And not only that, but if he came out and walked to the ring and there's no pyro, that's one thing. He literally had a pyro moment during his pose, and yet there was no pyro. Like that's 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 my problem is that you had the perfect opportunity for pyro and and didn't pyro. But you had to pyro and you didn't pyro. No. That is a gross miscalculation by the E that there was no pyro. Mark it down. 
Are we demoting this now or promoting this from uh, bad to ugly? I kind of feel like it's getting ugly about the pyro. It's, it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly. It's getting ugly about no the pyro. pyro. Okay. It's an ugly. It's a major it's oversight. Ugly. Bob deserves pyro. Major... He deserves pyro. I might call the show. It might be the hashtag Marina show. Bob deserves pyro. I mean, I think that would be fair. He deserves yeah. pyro. What about Bob? I would about... have brought it up if it didn't bother me so much. Where's Bob's pyro? CM Punk's ice cream bars and Bob's pyro will forever be an issue for WWE. Just waiting. We'll just be skeletons at this point as we wait for CM Punk's ice cream. <laughs> well, he did get them. Uh, yes. But he did get them. We didn't. But see oh, how that turned out. So, yeah. Let's not give Bob pyro at this point because I don't want him to turn out like CM Punk. Well, now we, now does that negate the entire thing we'll be talking about for five minutes? No. No, it doesn't. It's we are on one hundred percent validated and one hundred percent correct in our concerns about the lack of pyro for Bob Lashley. Well, yeah, I mean, like you, you just gave it to everybody else and not to your world champion. Your world champion had no pyro, and he won. Bailey had pyro. Did Rhea? Rhea had pyro. Oh, Rhea when she stomped, yeah, she had pyro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had the yeah. I mean, that was pretty cool. Bailey had pyro. I don't think Oscar had pyro. Maybe she did. I don't know. But she lost. She did lose. Yes. There's logic in this that just I just don't understand. Bob should have pyro. pyro I'm not saying Drew McIntyre shouldn't have pyro because he should have. No. He's got the pyro moment in his Why entrance. Why can't Bob have pyro too? Was there Maybe not enough pyro? A amount of of revenue this year. In WWE, like, can you not spare some change to give Bob Lashley pyro? Seth Rollins had all sorts of fire. And Bob couldn't get pyro? I mean... This is why the internet is worked up. This this is why I tell you. This is why the internet... Cody Rhodes got pyro at a house show for AEW. And Bob can't get pyro at WrestleMania? When he's the reigning, defending, undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That's what they're calling it now. And he ain't got no pyro? Oh, man. That hurts. Justice for Bob. Justice for Bob. In the, in the justice game. for Bob. Yeah. He, it's just pyro justice. Give Bob he some deserves, pyro. Give, yeah, give Bob some pyro. That That is the big takeaway from WrestleMania 37. <laughs> That's the and big takeaway. That, that is the end. Of this week's hashtag Miranda show. Thank you all so much for listening and or watching this show. Don't forget that this show is available at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I was ready. I was ready. Your source for wrestling news, analysis, opinions, wrestling, sports entertainment, sports and entertainment, all of that. Is available on thechairshot.com. Also, thechairshot.com. You said it. Always. You said it. Use your head. I don't trust you. That's why I don't trust when you're going to push it or not push the button. That's that's you know, that's just the way that it is. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You're only supporting my trust issues. That's, that's literally all you're doing is sustaining those. Anyways. 
Follow myself, Miranda Morales, on Facebook and Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. Follow, oh, I'm sorry, the hashtag Miranda. Yeah, yeah hashtag you got it right. Miranda. Yes, yes, yes. I was thinking about something else. Uh, Greg, you can follow Greg DeMarco at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow the Chairshot at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't forget to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chairshot. April 14th through 17th, use the code SPRINGFLING to get 20% off your entire order. Go ahead and support your local independent wrestling promotions like Impact Zone Wrestling. Follow them on social media. Buy a t-shirt. Go support the wrestlers. Go to a show. Buy a ticket. Whatever it is. But you can't buy a ticket for IZW. Regulate because they're sold out. Sorry. It just is the way Sold out. Sold out. Are you going to do an IZW sold out? What's that? Like the name of the show sold out? That'd be the one that didn't sell out. So no, I couldn't do that. Uh, I'd be asking for it. I mean, you know what we're doing in November. We're, we're ripping off a different pay-per-view name in November. So that's, if you don't remember, I'll remind yeah. you later. So. Yeah, you're going to have to remind me. Just I remember, it's 21 it. years of IZW. So think about yes. it. You'll, it'll come to you. That's- Look, I barely remember my handle right now at the hashtag Miranda. So if I can barely handle, like, remember my handle, I don't remember uh, what that. So just go ahead and preemptively text me. I'll let you know. Yeah. Off, off air. I will tell you. Off, oh, yes. Off air. Make sure you stay tuned for future episodes of the hashtag Miranda show. We keep coming back. Thank you so much for listening. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Don't forget to always keep it soft style. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.